we have some more college basketball action here for Saturday, December 10th. And now that college football season is pretty much over, it's time for some of these packed Saturday slates in college basketball. And we definitely have one today. A lot of great games, a lot of great picks. So let's get right into it. Now we start the day off with Yale taking on Kentucky. Yale comes into this one as the 124th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Kentucky is the second overall team. And for Yale, they have had a fairly strong start to the season here in this one. They do come off the loss to Butler um, on Tuesday, but overall they've been a pretty decent team. They've shot the ball pretty well this season. A 52.5 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 33% from beyond the arc. But they're obviously going up against their toughest opponent thus far um, here in Kentucky. Kentucky for Kentucky come off the win against Michigan in London on Sunday wasn't you know the dominating win that some people said it might be but still a win nonetheless you know some losses to Michigan State and Gonzaga earlier in the season but overall Kentucky is a good team and, and they're going to continue to improve here as the season goes on um, they have had some shooting struggles not maybe the struggles um, but maybe you know for Kentucky standards only a 53.3 effective field goal percentage on the season but at the end of the day they're still winning games they're still hitting 39.3% from beyond the arc. Oscar Tibway and Antonio Reeves have both played great this season, and there's absolutely no question that this Kentucky team has talent. I mean, they're one of the most athletic, most talented, deepest rosters in the entire country, but they have struggled in some of these bigger games this season. And while Yale is not a power five or power six team by any means, um, they're still a very dangerous team and has definitely given some teams the run for their money. You know, the real success for this Yale squad has has come on the defensive side of the ball here this season. Their shot defense um, has looked very strong, but they've also been a very, very good team rebounding the basketball. They're pulling down 79.5% off the defensive glass. They're actually the fifth best team in the entire country when it comes to defensive rebounding. Matt Noling is a big reason why, um, averaging 4.7 rebounds per game for this team. And overall, it's a Yale team that has played some competitive games this season, coming off that loss against Butler here against Kentucky. I think they bounce back. 16 and a half points is just far too many for this matchup. Taking Yale plus 16 and a half here against Kentucky. Next up on Saturday, we got UC Irvine taking on South Dakota. UC Irvine comes into this game as the 115th overall team in the hot tip at power ranking. South Dakota is the 177th overall team. And for UC Irvine, they do come off of a pair of losses against San Diego State and Fresno State. And, and while they didn't have their best performances by any means in those games, um, it's still an Irvine team that I you know have some faith in. I mean, obviously, they had a great win over Oregon earlier in the season. And they're going up against the South Dakota team um, that has certainly struggled this season. And, you know, coming to this game following a loss to Air Force. I mean, overall, it's a South Dakota team that has really just not shot the ball great this season. Only a 44.7 effective field goal percentage for them on the season. They've also really struggled from the perimeter, only hitting 31.4% from beyond the arc. Offensively, it has not been a great South Dakota team. And for UC Irvine, they actually have shot the ball decently well this season. A 48.8 effective field goal percentage on the season. Um, also, the 16th best team in the entire country from the perimeter hitting 40% from beyond the arc. And when it comes to the defensive side of things, it's the UC Irvine team that has been strong as well. You know, holding their opponents to a 45 effective field goal percentage on the season, only allowing 26.1% from beyond the arc. Really, it's UC Irvine team that has been so, so strong on both sides of the ball. Well, big reason why is DJ Davis, who leads this team in scoring with 16 points per game. And they go up against the South Dakota team that hasn't really looked great on either side of the ball. I mean, they've really struggled 
struggled to slow teams down um, defensively. Their shot defense hasn't looked great. They struggle in the turnover department as well. And outside of the, let's say, unlikely win against BYU, I mean, yes, you do got to give South Dakota a little bit of credit. They did win that game. Um, you know, that one-point win over BYU was impressive. But outside of that game, it's a, it's a South Dakota team that has really just struggled this entire season. I think they continue to struggle here in this game. And I think it's a UC Irvine team that even going on the road has a, you know, a decent level of travel in this game. Um, gets a rebound win after the South Dakota or the San Diego State loss and the Fresno State loss. I think UC Irvine covers here in this one. I'm taking them minus five and a half here against South Dakota. Now, moving down Saturday's card, we got UNC Asheville taking on Dayton. Asheville comes into this game as the 208th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Dayton is the 44th overall team. And it's a Dayton team that I really wanted to believe in this season. And I've given them several chances at this point. And, and at some point, I just got to admit the fact that they're not a very good basketball team. I mean, not only have they not been winning games, they've played some close ones, but but ultimately their losses continue to get worse and worse over time. It feels really did not look good in that Virginia Tech game last. And sure, this could be a bounce back spot. Maybe this is the point where Dayton turns their whole season around. But it really doesn't feel like that's going to happen at this point. I mean, they just struggle so, so much to shoot the ball, especially from beyond the arc. They're only hitting 27% from three this season. And they go up against the UNC Asheville team that has certainly had some strong performances this season. I mean, most notably that two overtime win against UCF on opening night. But overall, Asheville has shot the ball, um, you know, as one of the best teams in the entire country this season, a 45.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the season. They're the 10th best three-pointing team in the entire country country hitting 40.9 percent and a lot of success offensively for this unc Asheville team comes from drew pepper who you know has really just been outstanding 21.2 points per game this season for him offensively it's a unc Asheville team um that is very very strong and yes the unc Asheville defense certainly gives me some concerns in this game and, and the dayton defense has been fairly strong holding their opponents to a 44.9 effective field goal percentage and 28.9 percent from beyond the arc but as good as that dayton defense has been this season I really think they're going to struggle to slow down this UNC Asheville team. I think they're going to struggle to keep up with the tempo. I think they're going to struggle to get up and down the court. Um, and ultimately, if Asheville can control that tempo, can can run their game and get up and down the court, shoot some points, um, there is absolutely no reason they can't keep this game closed. I think they cover this 12-point spread. I'm taking UNC Asheville plus the 12 here against Dayton. Next up, we got an early season Big Ten matchup between Purdue and Nebraska. Purdue comes into this game as the 14th overall team in the hot to bet power ranking. Nebraska is the 127th overall team. And, you know, not many teams have had a much better start to the season than Purdue has this year. I mean, outside of the, the Marquette win, where they only won by five points, this Purdue team has beat every opponent by double digits, which is absolutely outstanding because it's not like they've just played a bunch of cupcakes. I mean, they rolled through the PK-85 with commanding wins over West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Duke. Really, no one could slow them down in that tournament. And let's be honest, it's all because of Zach Eady. His presence on the court just boosts this Purdue team so, so much. I mean, he's averaging a double-double this season, leads them in scoring with 23.2 points per game, also leads them in rebounds with 13.3. And really, there's no one in the country that's doing it much better than Zach Eady is here at the moment. But they go up against the Nebraska team that did have an impressive win over Creighton. 
Creighton on Sunday. They followed it up with a bit of a poor performance um, against Indiana in their game after that. And it's not going to get much easier for Nebraska here against another Indiana school. Um, But Nebraska has been decent shooting the ball this season. A 52.1 effective field goal percentage. Struggled a little bit from beyond the arc. Only hitting 31.4% from three. Um, And they have really, really struggled to shoot their free throws this season. And I didn't write it down, but it's something like 64% from the free throw line for Nebraska this season. Um, Defensively, it gets a little bit better for Nebraska, but I think they're going to have a real, real hard time finding any answers for Zach Eady here in this game. Even at home in this matchup, they're going up against the Purdue team that even outside of Eady is so, so strong. I mean, they got great perimeter shooting um, and overall it's a Purdue offense that ranks near, if not at the top of the country offensively. Um, Defensively, Purdue has been a decent team as well. Their shot defense has looked good and, you know, starting Big Ten playoff here on the road, I think Purdue gets a massive, massive win. I think they continue that winning streak and and really it's a Purdue team and Zach Eady that I'm just not doubting right now. I'm taking them minus eight and a half here against Nebraska. Next up, we head to the Queen City as Xavier takes on Cincinnati. Xavier comes into this game as the 29th overall team in the hot to bet power ranking. Cincinnati is the 65th overall team. And, you know, this is one of my favorite rivalries of the entire season. And it's a Xavier team that is off to a fairly hot start. You know, had some some losses on the schedule, sure. But they come into this game following a win over West Virginia. And, and offensively, Xavier has just looked very, very strong this season. Shot the ball extremely well, a 57.7 effective field goal percentage on the season not to mention they're the second best three-point shooting team in the entire country behind only utah state dropping 43 percent from beyond the arc and a large part of the xavier success this season comes from colby jones um you know he was a guy who certainly stepped up in the nit run last season this year he's hitting 55 percent from beyond the arc an absolutely remarkable number um leading him to drop 15.5 points per game overall it's a xavier offense that is very very strong and they go up against a Cincinnati team that does have the win over Bryant in their last game and and at this point that's their best win of the season I mean they're still looking for a win over any top 150 team this season and a win over Xavier here would certainly be what they want would certainly be huge but they have struggled to shoot the ball a little bit more than Xavier they haven't been a bad team by any means I mean they've still been a pretty good team a 52.1 effective field goal percentage 34.5 percent from beyond the yard but for how good they have shot the ball there like I said there's still a little bit of a step behind Xavier the Cincinnati defense definitely gives me some concerns in this game and they've kind of just struggled to step up against better opponents this season and when it comes to Wes Miller and when it comes to Sean Miller I think Sean Miller is clearly the better Miller um, here in Cincinnati I mean I loved him at Arizona obviously when he was at Xavier before but if Xavier looks to push tempo in this game I really think they can score a lot of points and I don't know that Cincinnati has the defensive answers um, to slow down that I think Xavier wins this one pretty handedly beats up on their crosstown right I'm taking them minus two and a half here against Cincinnati. Next up on the card, we head out to Berkeley as Butler takes on Cal. Butler comes into this game as the 121st overall team in the hot to bet power ranking. Cal is the 165th overall team. And, you know, at this point, Cal and, and Louisville are just playing for who's the worst power five team. But, oh boy, has this Cal team struggled. And at this point in the season, they're running out of winnable games before Pac-12 play starts. I mean, obviously, they'll probably pick up something in the Pac-12. You would have to assume, but... 
man, this offense and this Cal team is just downright awful this season. Have not shot the ball well at all. A 43.8 effective field goal percentage on the season. Terrible from three, hitting 26.8% from beyond the arc. I mean, really, it doesn't get much worse than what Cal has done this season. And as far as Butler goes, they've actually been stacking up a few good wins here the past few weeks. A win over BYU, a win over Kansas State, um, you know, top it off with a win over Yale in their last game. And then overall, it's a Butler team that just shoots the ball pretty well a 56.5 effective field goal percentage on the season hitting 37.1 percent from beyond the arc and it's one of those teams in, in butler that just does a great job getting all sorts of guys involved in this offense taylor and harris have been one of the better guard duos and i think they'll be one of the better guard duos in the entire big east this season 14 points per game for both of them manny bates has also been very strong in the paint dropping 14 points per game as well it's just a team in butler that spreads the ball around so well like i said gets many guys involved and quite honestly, I'm surprised they're not a bigger favorite here in this game. I mean, it's a Cal team that just lacks star power. And it seems like Mark Fox days in Berkeley numbered at this point. I, I can't see him lasting around too much more. I think they continue to struggle in this game. I think Butler puts a beat down on the road. I'm taking Butler minus nine here against Cal. Now, quickly, before we get into these evening games tonight, if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to hottipbest.com. We got college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, and horse racing picks being posted up there every single day. Also, follow the Hot Tip Bets main account on Twitter, at Hot Tip Bets, as well as Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date with all the computer model stuff over there. Follow my personal account, at Hot Tip Bets Chris, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, to stay up to date with all the content that I am putting out, as well as on Best Amp, where you can get early access to all my picks and get a notification every single time that I place a bet and last but definitely not least if you're watching here on YouTube hit that like button subscribe to the channel hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future content and most importantly drop a comment down below let me know who you guys are betting on here for Saturday and let's get into these evening games now we head to Columbia, Missouri for the border war between Kansas and Missouri. Kansas comes into this game as the sixth overall team in the hot tibet power ranking. Missouri is the 107th overall team. And, you know, obviously a rivalry renewed here in this one last year and in their first meeting back. Missouri didn't do so hot, you know, kind of got destroyed in that game um, against Kansas. But Missouri does, you know, bring back a better team this season, obviously off to a much hotter start, undefeated 9-0 going into this game. But despite that undefeated record, Missouri doesn't have or only has one win over a top 150 team, and it was a win against Wichita State that they had to take to overtime. Don't get me wrong. It's a Missouri team that is certainly improved and, and is trending in the right direction, um, but I'm not completely 100% sold that they're entirely there. This is certainly a game for Missouri um, where they need to prove it, but overall, they have shot the ball pretty well this season. Um, a 59 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 35% from beyond the arc, but they go up against the Kansas team here um, that is going to be very well rested hasn't played a game in nine days got the win over seton hall in their last one and overall kansas has shot the ball pretty well this season a 53.2 effective field goal percentage on the season hitting 35.8 percent from beyond the arc jalen wilson has been very strong once again currently leads this team with 21.9 points per game grady dick has also been impressive this season for kansas um out in the perimeter and, and overall it's, it's a kansas team that really looks closer to the national championship team than they are for 
far away. They certainly lost some talent from last season, but like Bill Self always does, they're rebuilding well. And, and defensively, they're a strong team as well, um, especially from the perimeter, holding their opponents to a 29.1 three-point percentage this season. That's one area that Missouri has certainly struggled, and I think Kansas can exploit them here in this game. Um, the Missouri you know, perimeter defense hasn't been the best, only or allowing a 35.8 three-point percentage this season. And then the defense as a whole for Missouri has certainly had some challenges this season. And this is going to be a very, very challenging test. And yes, rivalry games can, can go one of two ways. It can be a close one. It can be a competitive, hard-fought game for Missouri, or it can turn into what was last year, and it was kind of just a blowout in Kansas's favor. I don't hate Missouri. I think Missouri is a good team. I think they're a much improved team, and I think they're going to continue to have success, and we'll have success in the SEC this season. But Kansas is just on another level. This game should not be three points. I'm taking Kansas minus three here against Missouri. Next up on Saturday's card, we got Marshall taking on Robert Morris. Marshall comes into this game as the 162nd overall team in the hot to bet power ranking. Robert Morris is the 281st overall team. And, you know, for Marshall coming to this game following a win over Duke Cannon, outside of that opening night loss to Queens, this Marshall team has looked very, very strong. Obviously, an 8 1 record, haven't lost a game since then. Um, really just continue to impress me. They looked very, very good in that Duke Cannon game. And, you know, for Robert Morris, they did get the win over Central Michigan on Wednesday. They have kind of got their season going back in a better direction, but overall, they've still had some struggles. They haven't shot the ball great this season. A 47.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the season. Been all right from beyond the arc, hitting 32.6% from three. Eco Cheeks leads the way in scoring with 15.8 points per game, but they go up against the Marshall team that has certainly shot the ball better this season. For Marshall, a 53.2 effective field goal percentage on the season, hitting 33.3% from beyond the arc. Tavion Kinsley has been outstanding, dropping 20.3 points per game and defensively I think Marshall has a major major advantage here in this one their shot defense has just been leaps and bounds better than what Robert Morris has done a 44.8 effective field goal percentage and only allowing 39.8 percent from beyond the arc Marshall is this season Robert Morris hasn't done nearly as well giving up a 49.5 effective field goal percentage and allowing 38.7 percent from beyond the arc and, and because of that shot defense I really think Robert Morris is going to struggle to stay in this game we already saw Marshall go on the road against Duquesne earlier in the week and really the key to Marshall's success all season has been to push tempo get up and down the court and really just put points on the board if they do that here in this game I don't think they should have any problem rolling out Robert Morris I'm taking Marshall minus seven and a half here against Robert Morris Next on the card, we head out to Eugene as Nevada takes on Oregon. Nevada comes into this game as the 131st overall team in the high tip of power ranking. Oregon is the 35th overall team. And Nevada holds on in an impressive win over Pepperdine. You know, Pepperdine would get a lead in that game. Nevada would come back. And then you know, that was kind of just the whole game. And until Nevada eventually, you know, took the lead late and, and ended up winning that one pretty handedly. But overall, it's a Nevada team that I have been very, very impressed with here this season. Oregon, not so much. You know, struggled a little bit against UCLA last week and, and overall it's just an Oregon team um, that has kind of struggled to shoot the ball this season I mean most notably they have not been a great perimeter shooting team really at all they're actually the 332nd worst team in the entire country when it comes to three-point shooting only hitting 28.8 percent from three this season and that's not been the same case for Nevada they've been a great shooting team this season a 49.5 effective field goal percentage they've been great from beyond the arc hitting 35.1 percent from three but what 
what I kind of like about this Nevada team so much and in what, you know, keeps them in close games maybe, but really just allows them to score a lot of points is how well they've done from the free throw line. 78.5% from the free throw line. You know how much I love teams who, who can shoot up right around 80%. Um, and defensively, Nevada has been a strong team as well, holding their opponents to a 43.5 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also only allowing 31.6% from beyond the arc. Um, the shot defense for Oregon hasn't been nearly as good, giving up a 48.2 effective field goal percentage on the season and 33.6% from beyond the arc. And quite honestly, it's an Oregon team that I'm not super sold on this season. And, and I'm really starting to lose my trust in Dana Altman. I, I don't know what he has going on here at Oregon, but they just haven't looked great this season. On the other hand, Nevada and, and Steve Alford really, you know, are a very, very dangerous team. You know, Grant Sherfield transferring out. Um, you didn't know exactly what this team was going to look like losing one of the best players in the Mountain West a season ago. But, you know, Steve Alford has, has made up for him and it's a team that's once again very, very good. And he's a guy who's also, you know, very familiar with Dana Altman during his time at UCLA. And um, I think Steve Alford, I think this Nevada team keeps this one close. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked with how big this spread is here for Nevada. I think they got a point to prove on the road. I think it's a very dangerous team taking them plus nine and a half here against Oregon. Next up on the card, we head down to Atlanta for the holiday hoops giving. Loyola Chicago taking on Clemson. Loyola Chicago comes into this game as the 58th overall team in the Hot Zippet Power Ranking. Clemson is the 60th overall team. And for Loyola Chicago, what is Drew Valentine doing? I mean, this team just cannot get on the same page. I mean, still looking for their first top 250 win of the entire season. They did force overtime against DuPaul. Looked like they, they might get it there, but... Man, this this Loyola Chicago team has just not been good this season. They haven't shot the ball well. A 53.7 effective field goal percentage for them on the season. Um, a 31.5 from three. And, and overall, offensively, they're just not a solid team. And they go up against a Clemson team that has actually went on quite a run here as of late. You know, really have just been stacking up some good wins. A solid win over Penn State. Wake Forest get the Townsend win in their last game. Um, you know, their only two losses of the season were a two-point loss to South Carolina and a three-point loss to Iowa. Um, um, the South Carolina one, well, maybe not the best loss in the world. I mean, two point, three point losses, eight and two record on the season. Clemson is in great, great shape at this point. And, and offensively, they've been a very, very strong team this season. I mean, the duo of Tyson and Hunter are a big reason why this team has had so much success this season. They both are tied as the leading scorer at the moment with 14.8 points per game. Not to mention PJ Hall is just a presence down low. He's very, very hard to contain, very, very hard to guard, dropping 13 points per game this season. And as a whole, it's a Clemson team that just shoots the ball so, so extremely well. They have the sixth best three-point shooting team in the entire country, dropping 42% from beyond the arc. And, and when we look over to Loyola Chicago, offensively, it's not just the shooting that concerns me. Um, my, my biggest issue and biggest concern with Loyola Chicago going into this game is the turnovers. They are the 361st worst team in the country when it comes to turning over the basketball. Only New Orleans and Florida A&M have a worse turnover percentage than them this season. They're turning the ball over on 20 26.2% of their possessions. And, and because of that, I, it's just a hard Loyola Chicago team to really like this season. I think they continue to struggle here in this game. What Brad Burnell has been able to do here for this Clemson team um, has been remarkable. It's a team that's off to a very, very hot start. I think they continue to find success in this game. I think they win it pretty handedly. Taking Clemson minus six and a half here against Loyola Chicago. To close out the night, to close out Saturday's show, we got Louisiana Tech taking on Wyoming. La Tech comes into this game as the 90th overall team 
in the hot tip at power ranking wyoming is the 74th overall team and you know these two teams trend wise have, have kind of been going in opposite directions um yes the the strength the schedule certainly goes into that but wyoming breaks the four game losing streak with a win over texas a&m commerce on tuesday for a lot tech coming to this game on a five game winning streak and while they haven't played the the best opponents and this will certainly want to be one of the toughest opponents in that stretch it's a lot tech team that has shot the ball very well this season a 55.3 effective field goal percentage on the year they've been great from beyond the arc hitting 38.7 percent from three kobe williams is a big part of the success for la tech this season dropping 18.3 points per game um, but that's not to say wyoming's been a bad shooting team this season because they certainly haven't a 51.9 effective field goal percentage 33.5 percent from beyond the arc um it's still a good stat line it's just a little bit worse than what la tech has done this season and like i said some of that comes down to strength the schedule um for sure but it's a team in wyoming um that gives me a little bit concern on the defensive side of things they haven't been the best defensive team this season their shot defense especially has had some struggles they, they really have struggled in the turnover department as well only forcing turnovers on 18.2 percent of their opponent's possessions and that's one area where lot tech is shine i mean defense as a whole they've been a strong strong team but they really do a good job forcing turnovers they are the 18th best team in the entire country when it comes to forcing turnovers forcing them on 25 percent of their opponent's possessions and it's just a wyoming team that i think is really going to struggle to keep up with the law tech tempo here in this game they like to play a fast game like to get up and down the court um and, and getting five points here with this law tech team i think they're able to cover that one easily i think they give wyoming a huge run for their money on the road i'm taking law tech plus five here against wyoming